0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bonfire Radio, the only bonfire you can enjoy indoors. This is going to be part two of my conservative journey. I didn't uh, i didn't necessarily mean for it to go that long, but when I recorded it uh, all the way through, it ended up being like two hours long. So I just decided, why not just chop it and give a part one and give a part two instead of just having uh, the whole two-hour conversation. So uh, here it is. And junior year was a big change because um, I had dropped the whole conspiracy theory scene. Now, there were still some that I believed in that, but I stopped talking about it because I was like, oh, that 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 drove me down a terrible rabbit hole. Like I was going insane. I didn't like it. And um, I, ha- I have a girlfriend and who is now my wife, but she was pregnant. Or I got her pregnant. I was I shouldn't say she was pregnant. Like I met her and she was pregnant. I met her sophomore year. We started dating sophomore year. But now we're in junior year, and like I said, I had gotten her pregnant over the summer because I was a little fast boy and you know was being stupid. But um, I have I have my uh, girlfriend at the time who's pregnant, and um, my mind started shifting. Right, um, I'm not doing sports anymore. Um, I'm kind of barely focusing on school because my political views started developing a lot more. Right, like I started, um, becoming more founded or not founded. I've become, I've become, blah, blah, blah. I be started becoming more rooted, um, in what I believed. Right, and one of the things I noticed was first thing I noticed, which I guess you can say this really started my um, uh, conservative conservation conservation conservative no my scratch that my uh, conservative conversion was um, actually sophomore year so before junior year but sophomore year they're talking about slavery right And in school and I already had a negative outlook on school because during the whole conspiracy thing, being told that schools are teaching us certain things and they're not telling us the truth and, you know, all that that comes with that. But I started noticing in school that in history class that they are we're learning about slavery again. Right. Like you do every year. But we're watching video after video after video on how horrible white people are and like what victims black people are and we're learning about civil rights and it's we had to do this project where we uh, interview someone uh, like it was like this big project part of our grade and we had to choose a topic to interview somebody um, about a certain topic and I chose civil rights and I interviewed my grandparents and I've never seen my grandfather cry, right? My, my grandfather growing up was alcoholic at one point. He smoked, always like aggressive, never seen him cry, but I'm interviewing him about his time live growing up in the civil rights era. And he's talking about how he, you know, his dad died early, his, um, Mom got sick and it was in the hospital. It's him. It's just him and his siblings. And they're kind of like squatting people's basements because they had nowhere to go. And uh the KKK like faction at the time where where we lived, which they did have a faction. No, they don't anymore. Obviously, like, who now in 2022 is part of the KKK? Literally nobody. But at this time, during the civil rights era, um the KKK that, that was in this part of town had like burned down some, uh, houses in the neighborhood and stuff. And, uh, he, my grandpa was telling me about like these white kids at school saying how, you know, um, they were going to go to the hospital and they were going to like do stuff to his mom. And I noticed my grandpa started getting like real angry during this interview. And then he goes to the hospital and, he tells the the guy, uh, I guess his mom wasn't getting like direct treatment because of the uh, kind of like um, racial bias and stuff that was in the hospital at the time. And he says, like, being a fifteen year old kid, he told the, the the doctor, "If you let my mother die, I am going to come back and I'm going to burn this place to the ground." And then my grandfather started like crying uncontrollably and he got up and walked away. Never seen this happen before. So I'm in school. I'm learning that white people are bad. You know, this, all of this stuff all throughout basically America's history was just white people were bad and they've done all this bad stuff to us. then I hear this about my grandfather, right? And then my grandmother had her stories and her interactions with like white people during the civil rights time era. And, I found myself having this resentment and, like, this hate in my heart for my best friend. My best friend since fifth grade. Now, I knew him since second grade, but we didn't really start becoming friends until fifth grade. And we became, like, best friends in fifth grade. So, I've known this kid for a while. But I'm starting to find... I'm starting to feel, like, hate and resentment in my heart towards him. He's never once been that type of kid to say anything backwards his, he he was a funny kid or he is a funny kid. Still. He never made jokes on race. I've been around his family before I've eaten dinner with them. They have never, they always treated me like one of like, like one of them, like uh, not one of them, like as a white person, they treated me like, like I should be treated like human. Like, like I was one, like I was a part of their family. I always felt like a son over there. Right. I was, never made to feel uncomfortable awkward or anything right like it was even at the point where we would come in after school sometimes and his mom say hey boys are you hungry I'm like oh yeah I'm hungry I can go for some food and he would always be like no we're fine we'll just be in the basement and I'm like uh I'm hungry yeah I'll take some food like I was that comfortable right but now I'm developing like this hate towards him right and like I said he listened to Stephen Crowder and kind of like these political point of views and i noticed his like political ideology was starting to shift and i'm like oh no that's bad like he's terrible he's so i i was like kind of off towards him when he would text me i didn't answer i kind of like started avoiding him in school and i was sitting in my bedroom once um and i was like thinking to myself and i'm like he's he's never done anything to me he's been the greatest friend i could ever have his parents his family has been the greatest people you know i've ever been around and they don't make racist jokes he's never made a racist i've even pushed him to say nigga before multiple times come on dude just say just say nigga come on just say yeah i tell him i don't have a problem with it i don't see it as a bad word come on just and he's like no he he told me I don't even get why you say it I I like I don't get why anybody says it It's just not a word that I use It's really respect him for that right But I had this hate for him So I started thinking like where Where is this hate coming from Right He's never done anything to me I I'm sure I have to confirm this with him But I'm sure his family wasn't even here during like the slave times Like his family's not that deeply rooted in America So I'm thinking. He has no uh, effect on, like, this black trauma that we're learning about. He's got nothing to do with it. Also, we weren't alive during that time, right? This is 2016, 2017, 2018. We were nowhere. My grandmother wasn't alive during slavery. My great-grandmother wasn't alive during slavery. So we have no connection to slavery at all. So why am I hating him for it? And then I realized, I went to school after I realized this, and I'm sitting in history class, and we're still in the slave unit, and I'm like, oh my goodness. The schools are teaching us to feel this way. It's the school system. So I lost trust in the school system very early, right? So to get back on track, um, I... So I was listening to Stephen Crowder more and developing my political views and becoming more like standard mm-hmm. and grounded on my my views, and this is when I started listening to Campus Reform. Um, started listening more to Infowars, like Kate Benning, Kate Bennett. Um, and there was like a black kid that she walked around with sometimes, and you know I started listening to a lot of these other conservative outlets on YouTube that were popping up in my recommended. And the more I'm listening to them, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then I'm 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 seeing the the very blatant contrast between what I'm learning here and what I'm learning in school. And what I'm learning on YouTube throughout these conservative people and these conservative outlets are I'm actually seeing a sort of worldview that actually tolerates people it doesn't tolerate nonsense it doesn't tolerate untruths, but it tolerates people for who they are it's there's there's not like this racial ideology behind it right there's not these like very not as extreme as they are but there's not like these um kind of like logical roller coasters you have to get to to make your point it's very like straight to the point and they have their uh uh Evidence backing it, and they have their very like very articulated reasons behind it. But then I'm going to school, and I'm hearing the crap that I'm hearing in school. And now our school has like four or five trans, four or five transgenders in it. Right, this uh, little girl was. Uh, they built like these that looked like dressing rooms in the locker rooms, and we you didn't have any of the boys going to the girls' locker room, even the ones who did say they were tranny or geez sorry <laughs> transgender you still had those boys going to the boys locker room but you had the girls that were saying they were boys going into the boys locker room and dressing in these dressing rooms I always thought that was like real uncomfortable I was like that's weird right and I started noticing that like the arguments that this side was making still I'm still not really understanding left and right I'm understanding like liberal or progressive versus conservative Republican. And I was like, these people don't make any sense what they're saying. They're very, they're really reaching or really stretching to make their points. But then you could very easily contradict their points with their very own points. But the conservative argument, the the only arguments they had against it was this is when you had people start calling other people racist a lot. Right. You're a racist. <gasps> like, nobody wants to be called a racist. You're a racist. Or, you're you're a homophobe. That's when that started, too. You're a homophobe. And I noticed that when you get into these arguments at school with people, and I didn't, but I, I would witness some, you had the person on the right making really good arguments And once the person on the left couldn't make an argument anymore because none of what they were saying made sense. They just, well, you're a racist and you're a homophobe. And now the person on the right's backing down because they're like, oh, I I don't want to be called that. Right. Because we're all still kids. What our perception of what other people think of us still matters. So we're like, oh, I don't want to be that. So you're backing down. Right. And I always thought that was nonsense. That was crazy. You shouldn't back down. So now we get into senior year. I'm not actually in school like, I'm not actually in, like, school, a person, in-person senior year, um, this is the 2019, 2018, or 2019, 2020 school year, um, since I had a kid, I worked with my counselors to, in the senior school year, to do my schooling, finish schooling online, and I would finish by December, and then I would still get my diploma, it wasn't GED, it was still diploma, right, so, finishing school online and okay i'll I'll admit it right i had no desire to be in school anymore i'm like very deeply into like this political like scene now um i'm still not at the point where i feel like i could go talk to people about this but i'm still like learning right and one thing i'm learning is like these schools are very heavily leaning one side right like it's there's it it, you can see it. it it's plain as day right you have no room for the opposite side in schools now. So I had like no desire to work. So actually my girlfriend, now wife, she finished school for both of us. She did her online school work and then she did mine. So I graduated high school, right? I have a, I have a diploma, but she actually finished that for me. So, you know, where well, there's good man, there's always good woman behind him and props to her. Like I love her so much and really like that was one of the greatest things she could have ever done for me. And to be honest, I wasn't missing out on a lot of stuff. I saw the work, like the English class. It was English, math, uh, some essays that had to be done. But I remember like what the requirements to grad like we learned about like Anglo-Saxon time era I don't know right obviously I don't know I didn't finish it but not really much like I feel like it wasn't really anything I was missing out on it wasn't anything that important where you know like I'm dumb or something so finished high school in line and I am working at this point. I actually started working my sophomore year. The minute I could start working, the minute I turned 16. Now, the reason 16 was because I tried working with a worker's permit, but nowhere would hire me because in Illinois with a worker's permit, they have restrictions on how many hours you work, how many days a week you can work, what type of tools and stuff you could be around. Like if you're working fast food, you can't use knives, you can't use the fryer. Basically, it limits you to like, a bag boy or a cashier, but even, like, a local grocery store that we have, not really local, it's kind of a chain, uh, Jewel Osco, they have, uh, their employees were, like, union, but they were still looking for, like, any teenagers that were hired to work, like, a lot of days and stuff, and, like, just basically nowhere wanted to deal with the stress and stuff of hiring a, a teenager with the workers permit, so I waited till I was 16, and I've been working ever since, right, so, Senior year finishing high school, or my wife was finishing high school for me. Uh, I was working, and while I was at work, I was able to start, div- I was able to really de- dive deep into my political views because I were senior year, I was working at Home Depot. Um, I did work at Panera as my first job, loved it, best job ever. And then I worked at Chipotle for a little bit kind of would not recommend that job to anybody. Then I worked at Home Depot and now I'm starting to see a whole different type of people that I'm working with. Cause you're working in fast food. I was working with other people around my age group, kind of like under motivated people who kind of like their only dream was just to get to a manager position so they can make more money to, but like nobody was like, like I did work with some married people, but Those are like the older people, but like the younger people I worked around, like nobody was married, nobody had relationships, they were kind of like sleeping around. Uh, One of the girls I worked with, which was actually the manager, ended up sleeping with the general manager um, of Panera, who she knew was married, and she like bragged about, like it was terrible, right? But now I'm working at Home Depot, and I'm seeing people who like actually have families, people who actually need bills paid. And although Home home Depot wasn't paying like a lot, like I mean I guess it was a lot at the time being like 2019 2020 like right before the pandemic happened um I was making $15 an hour. So I can imagine some of the other people working there who've been there for 3 5 years. They're making more, right? So like it was it was sort of a lot and um yeah, like I actually see people are coming to work and because they need to come to work, right? Like no, nobody calls off as often as they do in, um, fast food and people are motivated to work. And I worked in the lumber department, so I got a lot of contractors through there and I got to talk to some of them and a lot of them are conservative, right? I'd hear a lot of them come through and they're talking about, you know, uh, you know, Trump's tax tax policies and kind of like having more money to work with and things were things were good right and I didn't notice that like I was making a lot of my paychecks right we got paid every two weeks and I was working full-time and every or as much as it could be for how old was I at the time 17 18 years old um I'm making almost a thousand dollars a check that's like $500 every, every week. Now, that's a lot to me, right? I have one kid to deal with, but um, we had like great baby showers. So we had like tons and tons of clothes, tons and tons of diapers and diaper wipes. So really all I had to do was buy formula for him, right? And then as he grew like shoes and kind of like stuff here and there. But so I was like blessed to not have to spend a lot of money on my son when he was little when he was a baby also I had a great support system so there was that too so I was very blessed um, and now we're at the point where the 2020 elections are coming up and um, let's see 2020 is coming up yeah so Trump's running um, but I didn't hear anything else about any other candidates on the GOP side I remember hearing about Mike Bloomberg and Pete Buttigieg and Tulsi Gabbard uh, Kamala Harris Joe Biden and I kind of recognized Joe Biden's name but I was like "Ah, I don't really know it honestly he kind of seemed to make his way to the top without really being out there Bernie Sanders was another one right and actually I remember being like like sneaking around Home Depot and like finding places i could kind of hide because our security cameras didn't work there so i kind of found like corners within my department where i can sit and i can go on youtube and i can watch like these debates between the democratic candidates and stuff and i was like oh man like i'm trying to see which one is going to be up against donald trump and at first like very early in the campaign they're saying mike bloomberg seems like he's going to be the top candidate and then it went from mike bloomberg to um Uh, Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg was there for a while and then it was Pete Buttigieg to Bernie Sanders and then Bernie Sanders to Joe Biden and then we ended up with Joe Biden right and the summer of 2020 May so everything is shut down I'm kind of speaking more outly at work about what I believe right especially towards the pandemic, right? Like, these people are shutting down. They don't know what they're doing, blah, 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 right? But I still hadn't fully claimed, like, conservatism, right? Like, I full, I still didn't come out and say, like, like being at the age where I can vote, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote for Trump, right? Like, people would ask me, and I'm like, oh, I don't really know. I got to see where people are, right? I got to see, like, what views I, I stand with. But I knew for sure where I stood, right? And I'm at the point where I'm kind of, like, speaking out more about what I believe. And then I moved to Texas. My family moves to Texas. And a lot of my aunts down there kind of found out, like, what I kind of believed. And it was terrible. Honestly, it was a very terrible time because... Anytime something came out in the news about Trump, I'm getting a text message about it, and they're saying, do you see what your president is doing, and your president, and this is the guy you want, and come on, Alex, we raised you better to be better than this. You, We raised you to be a better black man than this, right? Very, very political, and not to mention at the time, uh, George Floyd had just died, um, and the blm riots they're taking over the country they're burning down everything terrible but the media is refusing to say that it was anything bad they're saying fiery but mostly peaceful oh these are good people they just need their voice being heard you have democratic candidates coming out saying that they shouldn't stop and even if joe biden is elected president that they're not going to stop writing and that it's a good thing that they're writing and it was like terrible. It was a very terrible time for a country because everything is locked down. You couldn't go out to the store without somebody yelling that you would be a ma- have a mask on because you're apparently putting everybody's health at risk. But apparently, you could go out into the streets, maskless, burning down everything in sight. And, well, I guess the fire would kill COVID, right? So, I there was a lot of racial like tension in my family because they're saying like, we raised you to be a better black man than this. This is so disappointing as a black man. And I was thinking like, this is so crazy. Like when they say that like the left are the real racist, they really mean it because nowhere on the right out of like everybody I've come across was race ever a problem. I'm just a person to them. I'm just another American. But even in my own family where this left ideology runs deep, like this victimhood runs deep. It's, it's very racialized right so my aunt one of my aunts who was like a second mom to me helped raise us she was like getting like in her feelings and would like make her sad because she'd say i raised you to be so much better than this i i taught you to be so much better than this and it's disappointing to see how much hatred you have for yourself as a black man and i would tell her hatred i don't have any hatred for myself it's just the problem with what you how you see me is you see me as a black man. I see myself as an American man, right? But saying an American man in her eye in her head was translating to me as saying I was a uh, I, I wanted to be a white man, right? There was no place for black people in America in her head, right? So you were a black man, right. Or if you were American, you are a black American. You are always a black something first, right? But to me, I was like, no, I'm not a black man. I am, an, a, a, I am a, an American man. Who is black, right? I'm an American man. Who is Mexican? She'd say, you should. She She told me this. She actually told me this, right? This is, quote, quote, what she said. You should hate Donald Trump. You should hate that man. And I said, I should hate him. I said, weren't you? I'm not going to call her out by name, but I'm saying, we we were just having a conversation about not hating anybody, about being Christians and not having hate in our heart. You're telling me I should hate this man? She said, you should hate this man. I said, oh, really? So if he were to be assassinated today. What would you react to? She said, I would be happy. I hope someone comes and assassinates him. She was saying that about the president of the United States because this stuff could have been said, right? It was allowed to be said against Donald Trump. So this started really shifting. Living in Texas started really shifting me and really started changing how I saw and said, and I saw not only just like a liberal and progressive point of view on things, but like a black of view on things I really started to understand how my family saw us right we were no more than just low-life black people right and I say low-life because they walk around saying oh we're empowered to be black right I told you I had a lot of women I have a lot of women in my family so you know we're they're proud to be black women right but then the way they talked about I was I was uh uh uh, accused of having self-hatred you should hear you should hear the way they talk about themselves how the way they talk about us i had i have a, a little cousin he was like nine at the time and I, I took him to walmart and i went to go get him a toy and he we're walking and a police officer walks in and he's like oh, and kind of like hides behind me i was like whoa, whoa what's your problem like get get off me what's your problem he's like you didn't see the police officer i was like yeah i saw the police officer and he's like well I I just didn't want him to think I was stealing anything and then and then kill me he's nine years old I was like what do you mean you? I was like were you acting weird were you trying to open the toy no no were you trying to hide it in your shirt no why would he think you were stealing and he said because I'm black and I said that is a lie who told you that of course my family is telling him that I said you don't ever believe that if you are not doing anything wrong these people do not want to hurt you if you are not trying if you're not making it look like you're trying to steal this toy they're not going to hurt you also i said you're a child they're not going to kill you because you're stealing a toy why because kids steal crap all the time i said you never be afraid of these people the cops are here to protect you you never and the thing was the funny thing was the cop who walked by was black so that's what my cousins, my little cousins are learning. My grandma has said before, she told, we were having a, a little argument and she says, if you're a black man in America, you have a 99% chance of being shot with an interaction with the cops. I said, whoa, I said, where'd you hear this statistic from? Where'd you get this from? And she said, I just know it. And she reiterated "And 99% chance of dying. I said, oh, well, I I never had that many interactions with cops, but I've I've been around police officers before. I, I I've never I, I'm still here. Ninety nine percent chance. That's virtually a hundred. You're, you're saying when a police officer interacts with a black guy, a, a black man person, or rather, he's he's going to die. That's what you're virtually saying. And I told her that, and she said Charles. Or she called my grand grandfather Charles. Uh, how many times have you been pulled over by the police? He said a lot. And she said. How many times was that because you were black? I said, whoa, whoa. I said, I'm not even going to let you answer. I said, don't answer that. Uh, we call him Papa. I said, don't answer that, Papa. You don't know why you were being pulled over. I said, a lot. I said, I remember growing up, your license was perpetually suspended. Could that have done been uh, with anything? I said, you always sped. I remember you always sped. You drive terribly. Could that have been a reason you were being pulled over? My grandma said, "No, it's because he was black." And I said, "Okay, I'm done having this conversation with you because that is so skewed. It is a lie. It is a it is a verifiable lie." So to kind of move on, I, I kind of went off, uh, kind of went off in a ramble there. So to to move on, you know, I moved to Texas. I'm, I'm getting into these like quarrels with my family um, because a lot of uh, they just had like this very racialized view on everything around them everything had to deal with race and i rejected it i completely rejected it and they accused me of self-hatred right so then um the election happens joe biden comes in office i'm getting text messages non-stop whoa your president went down Uh oh, it's a great time for america uh black people will finally be free and it, like all this stupid crap and i was like okay whatever i i It came to a time where when my family would bring it up, I would say, listen, I'm not doing politics with you. I love politics, right? I'm not doing politics with you because there's no way I could reason with you. There is no common ground between us. You sit here with a very racialized point of view on everything. You sit here with a very one-sided point of view on everything. I said, you don't want to listen, right? You don't want to listen. You don't want to hear me out. So I'm not going to do it with you as if we're going to, if we're all going to sit together and we're going to go to dinner and stuff. Let's be family. Let's find common ground and being family. I'm not talking politics. And from there, uh, my relationship with my family got better because we just stopped, all stopped talking about it. Um, which is good, but you know, it was bad that it got to that point. So Joe Biden com- becomes president. I start working at Amazon and Gas prices are starting to go up now. When I moved to Texas, gas prices were like one sixty something per gallon. Gas prices are up to two thirty five now. Um, I'm talking to some people who've lived in Texas. They're like, oh, we never thought it would get this high. It's no can't get any higher. Excuse me. They said, Oh, I can't get any higher. This is crazy. Um, gas prices going up, so I met Amazon and we weren't supposed to be on our phones and stuff, but I found a way to sneak in my headphones and I was looking through YouTube once and by this time I started listening to Ben Shapiro again. So now I'm listening to Steven Crowder and I'm listening to Ben Shapiro and I didn't know he was part of this thing or I did. I write, uh, the daily wire, I saw the sign in his background when I watch his videos, daily wire, but I didn't know what that was. I never really looked into it. I thought Ben Shapiro. I thought it was kind of like how Stephen Crowder has louder with Crowder. I thought it was just like a one person thing <clears throat> or Stephen Crowder's not one person. He has like, you know, his group of people that he talks with. But I thought it was like just that. Right. Um, so then I'm looking on YouTube and this thing gets recommended for me from YAF, Young Americans Foundation. And they have Michael Knowles. Um listed as the speaker and I was like who's Michael Knowles so I'm watching him and I'm like oh wow like this guy and he was taught he's talking about Christopher Columbus and he's talking about religion and God and by this time where my like faith has developed at this time me and my wife are uh have stopped trying to curse we are uh making more uh like we're trying to make better decisions we're trying to pray more so we we've like we've now turned our lives towards uh God in the sense of we're trying to do better we're trying to develop that relationship with God right and um yeah so by this time I'm watching Stephen Crowder Ben Shapiro I'd stumbled across um Charlie Kirk uh TP USA and Candace Owens uh, actually And again, like with Steven Crowder at first, when I watched Candace Owens, I watched her debates. Right. And I noticed she was like very feisty and very strong. And she did a lot of yelling. Right. She'd yell and she'd uh, she'd get like very like worked up and. Then she'd let the other person talk and then she'd kind of cut them off and start yelling. And I was like, I don't like that. I I just want to hear people talk. (coughs) So I kind of listened to a little bit of Charlie Kirk, a little bit of Candace Owens. Then I came across Michael Knowles and uh, YAF, and I wanted to find, where can I get more Michael Knowles from? So I looked them up on Spotify, and it said, Michael Knowles Show, Daily Wire. And I was like, Daily Wire? Oh, that's like like who Ben Shapiro works for. I didn't know Ben Shapiro was a co-founder of Daily Wire. It's like, oh, that's who Ben Shapiro works for. So now my podcast lineup on Spotify is Louder with Crowder. Michael Knowles, Ben Shapiro, those were the top three I listened to, right? And over the course of, I started working at Amazon, uh, April of 2020 and I stopped working there May of 2022, June of 2022. So within that year, I mean, I, my speaking has gotten better, um, I developed a, an actual like sort of foundation and belief system that i argue on right i learned to never compromise what you believe for the sake of other people's feelings if you believe something you need to fight for that especially if that thing can be traced back to actual truth right and can actually have benefit for for like the good of society so i i i'm listening to michael knowles i'm listening to ben shapiro i'm listening to steven crowder and i'm just developing like this like political identity and kind of like this identity for myself right and i started immersing myself in daily wire content like ever like all the little snippets they put out and then i stumble across matt walsh and i stumble across andrew clavin and matt walsh i love matt walsh so how my podcast Q looks every morning is Steven Crowder's first. Then I have Michael Knowles. Then I have uh I mean uh Steven Crowder, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens. That's why I listen to. Now sometimes I switch it up because, you know, I just want to listen to whoever first, but that's kind of how it is, right? That's kind of how it's laid out. And I love Matt Walsh. And the reason I really liked Matt Walsh off the bat was he did not back down he seemed to what people said like seemed to really like not care about people's feelings and although ben shapiro i've heard the facts don't care about your feelings ben shapiro was a very like fact guy right he was uh like all about the facts and michael knowles was a very um at the time that i was listening to him uh, he talked a lot about religion so he related everything back to religion right he was like the religious conservative but matt walt and, and, and like i said Stephen crowder was the comical one right so he he talked about the real issues and stuff but it was comedy and satire and stuff Matt Walsh talked about child transitioning and abortion and the child transitioning again still like eh, I was like I don't agree with transgenderism and stuff but I didn't know it was that bad until I started watching Matt Walsh it was the abortion and this abortion issue goes all the way back to when I was in junior high, right? I didn't know what abortion was in seventh grade. Um, Then I kind of found out what it was in eighth grade, right? But I just thought it was you take a pill, you kind of end your pregnancy, right? But I didn't feel right about it. I remember people talking about it, and I would say like, oh, yeah, like I'm pro-choice. Like I feel like a woman should choose whether she wants to have, get pregnant, but I always felt weird saying it like, like there's always something in my gut, in my spirit that's like, No, there's something wrong with ending a pregnancy. And then we get into freshman year and I, I looked up, like i really started looking up what abortion was and I was like, Oh, abortion is killing your child. So I didn't agree with it. But when people would bring it up, I would avoid it. That was freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year. When I took, when I was doing schooling online and I I wasn't around people, I was online more. I was on Instagram more and I started speaking out against abortions and I lost a lot of what I thought were friends. I started speaking out against LGBT ideology and I lost a lot of what I thought were friends. I had a lot of people uh, uh, DMing me and texting me and calling me all types of names and stuff. And I was like, I don't care. Abortion is killing your child. That is not good. It's not something that's right. It's not something that should be right. There's no reason why a woman should have the choice to murder her child because of the lack of responsibility that she uh, 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 the lack of responsibility that she bears right there's no reason and I think it's even worse when you have men who support abortion men who, who go out and advocate for abortion those men are worse than men who leave their children I, ha- I have a biological dad who was never around for me right who has a family of his own now that 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 also uh, contributed to like the depression and stuff I went through really effed me up growing up right now. Of course, I had a, a father and a mother in the household. I don't consider him my stepfather, I consider him my dad, my real dad, because he's been there since I was two months old, but my biological dad was never there, and although I had a dad in the household, it really effed me up to, not, to know he was not there, I and mean, then to find out that he ended up having another kid that he stayed with and was raising, really effed me up, right? I, it really messed me up. But at least he let me live. He never advocated for my death for my murder. If you are a man and you advocate for abortion, you are worse than men who leave their children, plain and simple. Right. So I started developing this, these beliefs more. And um, at Amazon, I didn't really talk to people. So it was a lot of in my head and kind of figuring out what I believed in and who I was and stuff. And eventually towards the end of working at Amazon, I did start talking to people more and they'd ask me like, Oh, what do you feel about this? What do you feel about that? And I would tell them and then they would never talk to me again. So I was kind of just like that kid who at Amazon who like went against the grain. Right. Um, but that's just like in the world. And uh, when I took that hit on Instagram, like junior year and stuff, and I started talking uh, about abortion and LGBT issues, like it really did hit me. Cause I thought these were my friends. I thought these were people who cared about me yet they're calling me names they're talking about me they're unfollowing me and at the time that mattered right and i was like man it really took a hit on me now i don't care and now i'm at the point in 2022 where i'm ready to take on anybody with an opposing view i advocate for it i say it on all the time leave feedback leave comments i'm willing i I know this is not a big podcast right I know this isn't something that has a lot of viewership, but I'm willing to have any, I'm willing to actually have interviews with people. You don't have to have uh, 15,000 Instagram followers, whatever. You can listen to this. You can be in uh, somewhere in freaking Kentucky and listen to this and say, oh, I disagree with him. Email me and say, hey, I want to get it. I will talk to you. Sure. I'm ready to take on anybody with an opposing view. I'm fully confident in what I believe and where I stand. Right, I will not compromise my belief system for anybody. I don't agree with the transitioning of children. I don't agree with abortion. I don't agree with LGBT issues. I don't think we should call them gay marriages. I think they should be civil unions because a marriage is between a man and a woman. I I, I do believe that God has a divine plan for everybody in this world. I do believe Christianity is the one and true religion. Uh, and I can, I can go down the list. And I, that's what made me make the decision to now switch this podcast to what I want this podcast to be. at First was I, I get on, I kind of talk about everything, like culture, politics, uh, conspiracy theories, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Now I see this as a conservative podcast because I talk about politics because it's what matters to me. I used to be a kid that would say, oh, I'm not, I'm not into politics. I don't really know. Now that's all I ever want to talk about because it matters because we live in a climate where it matters now, you know? You can't do any, you, everything has been be, become politicized. The music we watch, or listen to, the TV that we watch, the games that we play, video games. There's a, a video game, uh, I don't play video games like uh, that much at all. But there's a video game I really like called The Last of Us. It came out, it was available for the PS3. Then The Last of Us 2 comes out for the PS4. Uh, the main character, she's gay. Right? And, and uh, towards the end of the game, she's raising Uh, She's helped raising her gay partner's kid, like biological kid. So it's in our video games, right? It's in the music we listen to. It's in the TV we watch. It's in the commercials that we, freaking commercials, right? You can't, you can't watch any commercial. There was a commercial for Target, I think this past pervert month in June and you have all these people running on a on the beach and you couldn't tell who was what honestly you could not tell who was what you had people that looked like men in bikinis you had people who looked like women in swim trunks you had people who you couldn't tell who was who wearing like sweaters running at the beach uh, somebody running around with like scars under their nipples which i could obviously tell that was a woman or is a woman right and I'm like, what the heck is it? And like there was there was no narration to the to the commercial. It's just these people frolicking on the beach and they're kind of hugging each other and kind of loving up on each other. And then you just see the target symbol come in. The like the screen, like on the middle of the screen, and it says Target underneath. I was like, this is a Target commercial? What does it have to do with Target? I've stopped shopping. I've stopped shopping I never really shopped at Target, but I don't go to Target anymore. As you can see why. Right? So, and then now in the climate where conservatives are being called ultra MAGA, we're being called MAGA Republicans, extremists, domestic terrorists, sarcastic terrorists, right? Threats to democracy. We're we're the most radical, like, fine. If that's what we are, fine. I am an extremist. I am radical. I guess I'm a domestic terrorist. Ultra MAGA. Go uh, check the merch store. Link in the description. I have a whole Ultra MAGA collection. I don't care. Sure, if that's what you want to call me. A few years ago, I, I was being called a homophobe and a transphobe. And I said, I'm not scared of these people. Do you guys know what this means? This is when they were calling everybody racist too. They were, def- they were switching the definition of langu- uh, of, like, uh, of our language. So I'm being called homophobe and transphobe. I'm like, do you know what this means? I'm not scared of homos. I'm not scared of trans. But then I looked up the definition and definition is like completely different. It doesn't mean you're scared of these people. It means you discriminate against them and you're prejudiced towards them. Okay. Well, sure. Uh, Put that on my, on my resume too. homophobe and transphobe. Sure. I would, I would, I will wear it. Uh, uh, I'll wear it with pride. I, I will get a, a iron-on patch to put on my jacket that says transphobe and homophobe. Don't care. At this point, I really don't care, right? And we've gotten to a point where when I was back in high school and this first started, these people really didn't make really coherent arguments. Now it's really not coherent. It's all about my truth. It's all about my perception. If you haven't seen Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary, he's talking to a woman uh, on the street and he said, he's telling her... Like, well, like truth matters, right? And she's like, oh, no, it's all about your truth. And he's like, well, what if I say my truth is you're not really here? She says, well, that's your truth. And he goes, no, but that would be a lie because you are here. I'm, I'm standing here talking to you. And she goes, well, well, how do you know that? I I might not be here. And he's like, but you are. I am talking to you. And she's like, well, maybe you're not. And it's like, are you kidding me? there's a video that's been circulating recently of this guy. I'm guessing at some sort of festival and this woman walks up, right? Looks like a liberal. And she's like, "Uh, excuse me, sir. I don't feel, uh, I don't appreciate you filming me. And his friend goes, no, he identifies as a camera and she giggles. And he goes, "I'm, I'm glad that's funny to you. Now, obviously he, he was being the ironic one on purpose, but he goes, I'm glad that's funny to you with a straight face. And she like stops giggling. She goes, Oh, well, oh, I'm sorry, uh, it's just kind of confusing, and then walks away, so you go from fired up to not, because to, you don't want to be recorded to, oh, sorry, it's a little confusing, and I'll walk away, record me all you want, so to identify as a camera, an in, in, uh, uh, inanimate object, these people are willing to subscribe to that, I'm sorry, there's no reason, there's no common ground, there's no way, so that's is how I got to where I where I am that has where how I've become radicalized I fully agree with I I know I have no affiliation to Steven Crowder I have no affiliation to the, the members of Daily Wire or to Charlie Kirk or Team Parent USA or not Team Parent USA uh Turning Point USA or uh no affiliation to YAF Young American Foundation but I will say I fully support everything they do and everything they talk about candace owen catching uh catching flack throwing a white lives matter t-shirt i'm gonna go put that in my bio for twitter and instagram now white lives matter white lives matter do you know why blm is a joke blm has never been about the idea behind it it's always been about the organization you can't take the two and just you can't uh uh differentiate between the two black lives matter has been a joke back black lives matter has been a scam they don't care about black lives and also white lives do matter it's not a white supremacist dog whistle it's not a white supremacist calling white lives matter they are people they matter too you don't want to hear all lives matter okay fine during the the uh, riots i saw a sign on instagram that said asian lives matter black lives matter hispanic lives matter indian lives matter uh, pacific islander lives matter Every, every lives, every life matters except the white one was on there. But in, in essentially they were saying all lives matter, but you couldn't say all lives matter because that was white supremacy. So you know what? No, all lives don't matter. Okay, fine. White lives matter. I agree with that. I agree with everything. The the racialized uh, extremism that the left has become, I've seen it in my own family. It's affecting me personally. And that's how I become where I am today. That was my conservative journey. Thank you so much. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bonfire Radio. Don't forget you can leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And we will start recording video podcasts that I will post to Spotify and Rumble. debating whether or not I should go YouTube but I need to get a little uh couple of things extra before I start recording a video but that is soon to come so you know make sure you stay tuned go follow Bonfire Radio on Instagram Twitter and check out the official Bonfire Radio website where we will keep you updated on Everything. If you have any questions, concerns, feedback, good or bad, you can leave me a comment or send a DM to us on Instagram, Twitter, or you can contact us through the feedback page on our website. Also, don't forget that the Bonfire Radio merch store is open and you can get free shipping on your entire order with promo code FREE. That's promo code FREE, F-R-E-E, 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 one last time. That's promo code FREE, F-R-E-E, and you can receive free shipping on your entire order you can support this podcast by clicking the support link in the description and you can support us with as little as 99 cents a month there will be a new episode every day bonfire radio the only bonfire you can enjoy indoors